This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome in, wrestling fans. You're listening to The Next Pillar, an AEW variety show podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we have a nice show for you today. I have some listener mail. I have some thoughts about CM Punk and MJF tonight in Chicago. And some words of wisdom later in the show, as uh, you've, you've come to expect, no doubt. Uh, so I'll be back in a bit. Next Pillar AW Podcast. So again, thanks for joining us here on The Next Pillar, your AEW podcast. I wanted to mention we do have an email now. I've been getting a fair amount of listener feedback, questions, etc. But it's coming in like a few different places right now. So I wanted to consolidate everything. Uh, Best way to get in touch with us is to email nextpillaraew at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to email if you have any song requests, if you have any thoughts on the show, if you'd like to be a guest on the show. Uh, any and all feedback, you can just direct to that email right there. Uh, we also have social media. We're on Twitter, at NextPillarAW. We'll be on Facebook and Instagram as well, so you can follow us wherever you follow things. I know you follow things. You can follow us where you follow things. Uh, and, uh, any support you can give to the show, even that's, if that's just a nice little retweet, uh, really does mean a great deal to me. Uh, this is my fourth episode here and I've been really enjoying, uh, doing a podcast like this and I plan on, uh, continuing it as long as I'm able to. Uh, so tonight's episode of Dynamites. So on August 20th, CM Punk famously returned to wrestling. Now, 
tonight, February 2nd, we find out if it was all worth it. We find out if CM Punk is still the best in the world or he's just the coolest dad at soccer practice. Before we find that out, let's go back in time for just a bit. So think back to this spring slash summer when you first heard the news about CM Punk probably coming back. Uh, you know, whether you were excited like I was or maybe just a bit intrigued. You're not a big CM Punk fan, but you at least want to see what he's going to do when he comes back. Uh, I'm willing to bet wherever you fall on that uh, spectrum, it's unlikely that your kind of vision of what CM Punk does when he comes back. Uh, I'm guessing it didn't include these flaccid babyface promos he's been doing uh, or his like 10 minute matches against people like uh, Matt Seidel. Uh I, it took me a long time to be able to admit this to myself, but the fact of the matter, uh, is that, you know, beyond the first couple weeks, this CM Punk, uh, comeback has just felt a little off. Uh, and it's because CM Punk himself has seemed or felt a little bit off to me. We wanted CM Punk to be CM Punk and we've seen flashes of it here and there. Uh, you know, like that gone too soon feud that he had with Eddie Kingston, but the fact of the matter is that since August 20th, uh, CM Punk, his return is just, it's not felt like a CM Punk return should feel like. And I think he knows that, which is exactly why, you know, we've seen him pour, uh, you know, so much of his heart and soul into this feud with MJF. And I think he realizes something, but more on that later. Um, you know, back on that edition of Rampage, that August 20th edition, uh, you know, he mentioned scores that he needed to settle in the locker room and, and wanting to work with young talent. Uh, incidentally, does anyone really feel like that little match that he had with Powerhouse Hobbs or Lee Moriarty or any of these young talents that he do, wrestled with? Uh, do any of us really feel like that's actually done anything for those guys? Like, I'm not talking about them personally or, you know, them getting to have a nice moment on TV. I'm talking about the nuts and bolts of things when it comes to the way that they're booked and their position on the card. Did any of those matches with CM Punk ultimately do anything for any of those young wrestlers? I think if we're being honest, the answer is no. Uh, I would say a big reason why this CM Punk return feels so off to me is just that CM Punk does not really feel like a part of the AEW ecosystem, I guess. Uh, I'm sure he's, you know, very popular in the locker room. Very popular in the office, no doubt, you know, from his merch sales. You know, I'm sure for him it's been a great change of pace from how things were in WWE. But when it comes to the actual organism that is AEW, to me CM Punk feels more like a special guest than an actual part of things. Kind of like how Luke Perry was a special guest for like an entire season of 90210. It was terrible. Skip that one. Uh, but for me... Like CM Punk, outside of a couple cursory mentions of maybe wanting a title shot, he's never really felt like he's been a part of the title picture. Uh, you know, nor does, you know, even though that uh, I think a good contrast is between him and, and Adam Cole, both of which came ultimately from WWE, both of whom came in and, you know, won every match that they wrestled at, until recently uh, for Adam Cole. Um Yet why is is Adam Cole, you know, ranked the number one wrestler and will eventually, we're kind of all expecting after this Lance Archer thing is wrapped up, get a title shot. Uh, 
that feels normal because Adam Cole very much feels like a part of AEW with his, uh, you know, his run-ins with the Young Bucks, dating Brick Breaker. All of these things firmly place Adam Cole within that AEW universe. Uh, for me, CM Punk just doesn't feel a part of that right now. And uh, I have an idea how to fix that, but more, more, but first, I should say. You ever watch that show, Man vs. Food? Uh, you know, this was back when, you know, Food Network, Travel Network, all those channels were still watching. Um, I love that show. Uh, it was a guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, you, may re- you may remember or recall the original host, Adam Richmond, uh, left the show ways, way back 10 years ago, 2012. Uh, that show's been still going. In fact, the guy that took his job... Uh, has now been hosting the show longer than Adam Richmond, but I think for a lot of people out there, you know, especially if maybe you used to watch cable and now you don't, like me, um, I hold those Adam and Adam Richmond episodes in pretty high esteem, and I still to this day actually think that they're pretty engaging TV. Uh, you know, in terms of like bad Food Network, Travel Network TV, I think they're totally acceptable still. Um, but let's just say for a second, you're not someone like me and just likes to sometimes watch Food Network. Let's say you're like a man versus food super fan. Okay. Uh, you loved watching the show, but you, you hold those years. Uh, this is a very weird hypothetical. I just realized, uh, you hold these years, uh, you know, that Adam Richmond hosted the show, you know, in great esteem. And, uh, you don't feel, you feel like things just haven't been the same without him. So let's say it's announced tomorrow that Adam and Richmond is is coming back and Adam Richmond is going to host another season of Man vs. Food. Outside of that very first episode where we get to see him, he's he's back for one more, you know, eating some, you know, 20-pound burrito that probably has, you know, $2 of ingredients in it. Uh, outside of that first episode, would there really be anything that interesting or engaging going on throughout that season? I think if we're being honest, even the biggest Man vs. Food fan would probably want to see Adam doing something a little bit different than he was before, uh, if not something completely transformative altogether. Um, yes, I'm going to thread these things together. You, you may be thinking to yourself, how is he going to do it? I'm going to do it. Just listen. Uh, so enter MJF tomorrow night. How can CM Punk make us all just completely forget about how underwhelming this comeback has been so far? Because let's face it, even if it has been underwhelming, if he pivots to being the CM Punk we all know and love, none of us are going to remember the like couple boring months that happened after he got back. If anything, We'll look back on it fondly because that was kind of our only, uh, I feel like it's really our only FaceTime that we've ever gotten with a happy and healthy Phil Brooks. And that's been nice to see. Uh, But CM Punk finds himself in a very unique position tonight in the ring. Um, And he has the opportunity tonight to do something that only a select or I hesitate to use this word, but an elite class of wrestler can do. And I was thinking about this the other day. You know, a good wrestler can have a great match. You know, even a bad wrestler can have a great match with the right opponent. And you know what? 
I actually believe that the vast majority of people in that AEW locker room can cut a pretty decent promo. And I think a handful of them can't even hang with CM Punk on the mic. Simply put, the one thing that I, I feel really separates, the thing that I feel separates the very best wrestlers of, uh, of our time or of other generations, uh, but especially today, is the ability to legitimately take a wrestler and in the process of having a feud or a match with them, legitimately make them a star. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, WWE fans saying that it was some great opportunity for Big E to lose to Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and Austin Theory and who who knows who else. Uh, I'm talking about actually putting over a wrestler. I'm talking about legitimately making a star. Talking about sending a clear message to the fans, to the industry at large, to the locker room, that this guy has got next. It's where, you know, you're looking at a wrestler. It's where you look at a wrestler and you start to think, when is this guy going to get a shot at the belt? Not if. And CM Punk can do that tonight with MJF. And regardless of the outcome, that's how I'll judge whether or not this punk return was a success. If after this feud, MJF, you know, continues to rocket up to the top of the card, you know, to where he feels like an eminent champion and he's not just somebody that they're letting kind of hang out in that tier like they do with so many other wrestlers. For MJF, this match should feel like a coronation. It should feel like he's getting his ticket punched to the show for CM Punk this match should feel like a resurrection he should be able to move on to something that's that's just as interesting as this MJF feud this should really be the start of the next act of CM Punk's career no more Mick Foley cheap pops no more smiles and mom jeans and I gotta say I have quite a few people uh, in my life who have given me a hard time uh, within regards to my reluctance to stop wearing skinny jeans. I like my skinny jeans. I'm a millennial. Uh, I hold my skinny jeans with great esteem. I'll say this, though. The day that I saw CM Punk wearing mom jeans, I knew it was time that... I knew it was finally time for me to give up on the skinny jeans, too. And so I got to thank CM Punk because... Having the circulation return to my thighs has been great. But having said that, no more smiles in mom jeans, CM Punk. No more feel-good tag matches. Let's turn CM Punk into CM Punk again. Now, given the talent of CM Punk and an MJF, in the ring, on the stick, and elsewhere, anything other than that, then MJF being made a star and CM Punk being CM Punk again, anything other than that is going to be a massive disappointment. I'll be back in a bit. You know it's all about the
in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards... It sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying... Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOW net. Arenaclub.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. So we just heard a nice little piece uh, by, my, by my friend Andrew Black. Uh, it was a nice little take on Adam Cole's theme. Like to imagine that's like the Adam Cole theme for where, you know, instead of going to the ring to fight, that's when he's like going into his bedroom to contemplate. I didn't mean for that to sound dirty. It wasn't meant to be dirty. Um, so that was from my friend Andrew Black. Uh, that was a composition of his uh, inspired by Adam Cole. Uh, you can get in touch with him at... Uh, linktr.ee slash Andrew Black. Andrew R. Black, sorry. Man, you get a W next to an R, it's it's bad news for me. I don't know if that's a personal thing or if anyone else has noticed that. Uh, yeah, I was happy that, that, that Andy decided to give that to the show. You should, uh, uh, if you're looking for any kind of information uh, about synths, like modular synths, just all that stuff, uh, you should visit uh, Andy. And uh, yeah, he's a great follow. 
always have a lot of really interesting uh, synth stuff on his Instagram. And one other thing I know about Andy, or I knew to be true at one time or another, uh, a great HelloFresh customer. And uh, the thing that's really crazy, it's crazy, guys, about HelloFresh, is that they deliver pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm-fresh produce, that arrives within a week. So you should get convenience without skipping on quality. Skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you the wait in long holiday lines and ensuring that you don't waste money on having too much food. Uh, you know, I know I know my guy Andy loves the HelloFresh. I know he's got to have dinner on the table at 6 o'clock. And uh, it just kind of helps him manage all of uh, the th- various things in life. Me, I like HelloFresh. I was telling you about this last week. I like to, to take different ingredients out of different meals and put them together. Uh, it's a great service. Uh, if you go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and you use the code VOW16, you can get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. I bet the gifts are great. They're probably not like those weird gifts that you get at the bank. Uh, so again, that's HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. And you use the code VOW16 and you get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Um, so moving on, I'm really excited about this, y'all. We got some listener mail. That's right, listener mail. I'll have to have a, a we'll have some music about that. Like, listener mail. I don't know. I'm kind of hearing in my mind, I'm hearing like a, like a boys to men kind of thing for that. But we'll see how that works out. Uh, so I'll go through these. Uh, most of these are either Twitter uh, DMs for the most part. And I did get a couple of uh, Twitter ats. And then I also got uh, a couple of Facebook messages, which was a little odd. I didn't tell you guys to find me on Facebook, man. I mean, I know the internet works the way it does, but if I, I didn't tell you to find me on Facebook, man. Uh, anyway, uh, here is the uh, so some of these I kind of grouped into categories. Uh, so we had quite a bit of positive feedback uh, just about the music in the show. Uh, so again, if you want to get in touch with us, by the way. The email is nextpillarawu at gmail.com. But I had a lot of positive feedback about the music of the show. Kind of took a risk last week just having that eight-minute long piece kind of dropped pretty early in the show. Uh, I figured I should kind of go behind the curtain just a little bit on that, you know, just having four episodes. Uh... I don't feel very validated to do a lot of this, but I can do a little bit of it. And that's before I was hosting this show, um, kind of the main creative project that I worked on for five or six years was um, running a record label here in Portland. And through running that record label, I kind of just know people that do music stuff. And so, uh, you know, in doing this podcast, you know, my first idea was to find a guest host. That didn't work out. If you would like to do that, though, Hit me up, nextpillarawu at gmail.com. Because um, I am still interested in 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 doing that. 
Um, you know, I quickly realized, you know, especially kind of given the response to that little preview episode that I did, you know, I quickly realized that I wasn't really going to be able to make a very engaging program if it was just me talking. Uh, and so, you know, I tried to find a co-host that didn't work out. Obviously doing interviews, you know, if I'm going to do an interview, I'm not going to like have my friend Ben that likes AEW come on the show and we talk about AEW or something like that. If I'm doing an interview, you know, I have some experience in radio. I may have mentioned on here before. If I'm doing an interview, I'm going to actually want to interview someone legitimate. And that kind of relationship is going to take some time for me to build. And so, uh, you know, eventually, like I said, we will have some interviews on the show. But until that's up and running, um, I am going to continue to do, uh, you know, these uh, little music uh, projects. We have two or three in the works right now. Uh, They're in various stages of completion. And uh, had the very uh, weird idea for me because, of course, you know, I um, kind of closed the book on the, on the label, so to speak. Um, you know, now I had someone reach out, you know, and make the suggestion, that, you know, maybe I should take some of these songs that don't have copyright issues of one kind or another and put them on a tape. Uh, and it's something that I am considering. Uh, so let me know if you would have any interest in like having a tape of the songs from the show with some weird audio stuff on it. I would love to make something like that. Um, it would be a very nice way for me to kind of close that chapter, frankly. Um, so I enjoyed that. Uh, next comment I had, this really wasn't a comment. This was just like a really long, angry message about, uh, the words of wisdom that I did for Chris Jericho. So if you're actually getting angry about the words of wisdom, at the end of the show, you know, the time where, you know, I'm very literally just talking off the top of my head while some sad music plays in the background. Um, if you're getting angry at that, it's, I should, I guess I should mention that it's not meant to be taken seriously. I thought that would be obvious, just kind of like given how uh, weird it there they usually are. I thought it would be obvious that it's meant to be funny, but yeah, it's meant to be funny. I, I know that Chris Jericho's wife is a trumper, as this person mentioned. Um, obviously, I think, you know, him having like anti-vax people on talk of Jer- is Jericho is deplorable. Obviously, I think that. I also just kind of wanted to do like, you know, let me just kind of wax nostalgic for about Chris Jericho for a few minutes here. That was kind of the point of that. Um, that was not necessarily like a full-throated endorsement of Tony Khan booking the title match for Chris Jericho or something like that. That's not what I'm saying. And when I'm saying I want him to return to greatness, I mean, like, I want him to be doing stuff on TV that's interesting, not talking about people's heads and making dick jokes. Um, Specifically about Chris Jericho, and this is random, and I kind of don't even want to bring this up, but the misogynistic quality of his promos, it stuff like that, that Tony just kind of like lets slide into stuff. I don't know why. Like, I don't know. I've never really been able to tell if this is just a thing where he feels like he can't tell Chris Jericho no in certain situations or if, you know, maybe he even has this bent to him himself. But uh, the uh, the sophomoric humor and, you know, specifically like that promo that happened a couple months ago with, um, with Paige Van Zandt, uh, there's really just not a place for that in wrestling in 2022, in my opinion. So anyway, that those are my actual feelings about Chris Jericho. I also like Chris Jericho. Would like to see him uh, have an interesting character on TV again. 
both of those things can be true, which is actually a nice segue into this next comment, uh, which again is kind of more of just like a pretty long angry comment. But the gist of it is basically this person is, uh, uh, they use the phrase like A.W. Mark, like, you know, that I'm just kind of like a, a blind fan of, of A.W. Um, and I can understand, you know, especially, you know, given some of the other, uh, you know, podcasts where you'll listen to like a two hour, three hour podcast. And at the end of it, you think to yourself, like, do these guys even like this? Uh, you know, in contrast to that, yeah, this is definitely going to seem like uh, a company podcast. I will say, though, you know, and I mentioned this very first episode, you know, even if I do genuinely look forward to every episode of Dynamite, even if I do genuinely enjoy, you know, most of the product, most of the wrestlers, etc., cetera, uh, there's about 20% of what goes on, uh, you know, in AEW that I find almost as frustrating as like the 99% of WWE programming that I can't stand. Uh, sometimes life is interesting like that, where it's almost like that, that just that 20% can bother you more <laughs> than if you just completely hate almost the, the entirety of everything. It's interesting how that works. Um, I will take that criticism seriously though, and uh, try to come up with some opportunities to kind of, um, yeah, just offer some criticisms. One thing I will say, though, uh, some people confuse critical thinking with being negative. Sometimes thinking critically can actually be pointing out uh, things that are good about something. I know this is something that, like, and you want to talk about something that's, like, endemic to not just wrestling but various other art forms? It's that dynamic. It's uh, it, It's that dynamic right there. Uh, is what's wrong with the online discourse of a lot of uh, a lot of really worthwhile art forms, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I I would not consider myself to be an AW Mark. Um, I realize that the Twitter that I made uh, for the pay, for I am saying this, and now I'm realizing uh, that if you go to on Twitter and you look up uh, Next Pillar AW, literally the only person that I'm following is Tony Khan. Just like with the words of wisdom on Chris Jericho, that's just a joke. Obviously, I'm not getting my news from this feed. I just thought it would be funny. You know, you just you only follow Tony Khan. I do have a couple goals for the show. Uh, one of them is I would like the follow back from Tony Khan. I know that's that's like years down the road. Uh, but I would just think that would be really funny. Like if that's the only person I'm following and I get the follow back, that would just be nice. That would just be funny. Um, would also love to hear what Joe Lanza thinks about the show. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of the flagship, I gotta say. Uh, anyway, that's pretty much it for listener mail. <laughs> um, I will say, uh, I would love to have more. Like, I I'll do this every week if I get enough stuff. Um, and if you want to make that happen, send us an email. NextPillarAW at gmail.com. Um, so that, that's actually all I had for the listener mail. Um, and so I'll be back, uh, just to kind of wrap things up here in just a minute. This week's dark match of the week features a six man tag 
uh, Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty, and Matt Seidel versus uh, The Factory, QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Nick Comatoro. Uh, just a great, just a classic six-man tag match. What more can I say? Uh, I will say, though, uh, I did really miss the full Lee Moriarty entrance. Uh, I, I just, I love his whole Taiga style entrance that he does with the mask and all that. Um, so when he's in a six-man, yeah, I do miss that. I do miss that full Lee, Mor- Lee Moriarty uh, entrance. And I see a lot of people talking about Lee Moriarty. I know he's kind of like an internet favorite. Not enough people talk about how fun that entrance is. I love it. Again, thanks so much for uh, tuning into the show today. Again, you can find us on Twitter or any social media you want. Next Pillar AW. And more importantly than that, uh, any thoughts, concerns, um, psychic readings, anything like that, send them my way. Next Pillar AW at gmail.com is the handle. And uh, come to the end of the show. So, again, it's time. For the words of wisdom, and this week's words of wisdom are for Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida. Not everyone knows this, but you're actually my my you're my favorite uh, wrestler in the AEW Women's Division, Hikaru Shida. And uh, your words of wisdom this week are this. A gentleman by the name of, uh, I believe it was, it was Jonathan Bon Jovi, 19th century poet, Jonathan, or 20th, 21st century poet, Jonathan Bon Jovi, once posed the question, who says you can't go home? Sounds like that's where you are right now, uh, Hikari Shida. And we can't wait to have you back to, to blow off that feud with Serena Deeb, uh, who, you know, I'll be honest, is my, since you're gone, my current kind of person in this division. Uh, the thing about going home is that sometimes when you go home to recharge, you find out that maybe you liked it better when you weren't there, and maybe you don't like it at all. And when you have moments like that, you have to think about something else that the 21st century poet Jonathan Bon Jovi wrote. And that's Hikaru Shida. It's your life. See you guys next week. <laughs>